Shutting down some background programs. Alrighty, alrighty. Well, let's get this uh, let's get this shindig on the road so I can do some real drinking. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to the Woods Cast. I am Justin Woods, and with me, as always, is my hopefully less hungover brother, Shay. Yeah, no, I'm good. I feel like hell. I'm good. Uh, yeah, yesterday yesterday was 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 a dark day, but today I'm okay. Yeah. I I uh, stayed w- up way too late with the uh, with the with the the, uh, the misses. Watching Mr. Mercedes. That's a good show. Uh, wanted to go to bed at like 11. It was like 1 o'clock when I fucking passed out in bed. Not good. So uh, right now we're going to do the podcast so that I can uh, have an excuse to pound about six beers and uh, go to bed early. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, maybe have some rum later. You know, you know. Why not do this to myself again? That sounds, I mean, you know, you're cl- You're not You're not. A, you're not getting your PhD in history, so. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Repeat whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we are recording. What's, what the hell is today? Shay? It's Monday, September 9th. Uh, we have a lot. We uh, we skipped last week, didn't we? What the fuck were we doing? We were both at uh, weddings. Both had to go to weddings. So uh, did some. How crazy soup. was yours? Because mine was pretty fun. Uh, I had a ball. The one that we the one that we went to last weekend uh, that we that uh, we skipped the podcast was uh, in Lexington. It was big, huge shindig. Uh, it was done. They they did it. Uh, the reception in a um, old distillery. So it was pretty cool. Uh, open bar. Had a ball. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, that sounds about Ours was at a, this uh, little ski resort in southern Vermont. So uh, ooh, that was fancy. a great – Yeah, oh, it, was super, it was super bougie. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a fucking shit show of a day because we had a red eye. So you get off work, you know, get off work at 4, drive ooh. to Dave's house. Then we basically started drinking at like 5.30 or 6. Our flight doesn't leave till 11. Then we have to land in Boston at 5 and then drive from Boston to this town in southern Vermont Ooh. for three hours. So the whole time, uh, Dave is just, just belligerent. He's like, he had promised to be the backup driver in case the guy that was supposed to drive could, didn't feel up to it after the flight. And then uh-huh. we just landed at the airport at 5 a.m. He just hammered. And he was just like, oh, this is fucking great. Okay, yeah. it's going to be one of those days. And that pretty much set the tone for the whole weekend. There you go. Years ago, we took a trip to uh, Purdue, the, uh, me and a bunch of fraternity brothers, to visit their chapter up there. And we got on the road, and my buddy Preston was like, he was like all over the road. And I was like, dude, what is your deal? Like, have you been drinking? He's like, no, man, I'm dead sober. I just don't have really good night vision. And so we, dr- we left at like 7 p.m. I was like, well, fuck Polar, man, I'll drive. He's like, all right, cool. And then the rest of the car just proceeded to get wasted. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, like, we get there, and I can't find the the, the Purdue's uh, attorney house, those guys, and um, their chapter house. And so I pull over and, like, ask this guy, like, walking down the street, like, hey, do you know where the fraternity row is or whatever? Apparently this is a no-no where uh, it, at Purdue because, like, then the cops pulled me over. They're like, what the fucking hell you think you're doing? It's like, I was just asking for directions. It's like, do you pull over in the middle of the road and ask for directions? It's like, I don't know where I'm going, I do. Like, what the fuck's your deal? <laughs> and so he's like, are you drunk? He's like, actually, I'm the only person in this car that's not drunk. These guys are hammered. <laughs> These guys are hammered. Um, but yeah. So, okay, so we took a week off. Uh, so we're going to record this one today, like I said, Monday, September 9th. 
Uh, weekly numbers. I'm on my second beer. I'm just trying to pound away this this uh, disgustingness I feel. Uh, we are in the 962nd day of the Trump administration, Shay, so congratulations to us. Uh, yep. Been about 454 days since Donald Trump solved this whole nuclear crisis with North Korea. I uh, believe he just had to blow Kim Jong-un, but whatever. Uh, yeah, slop, slop, slop. Uh, what am I? I lost my place here. Oh, Q, uh, Q drops. We've had 3,570 Q drops. Not one since August 1st because they got their fucking uh, 8chan shut down. <laughs> and the morons <laughs> haven't figured out where they want to move it to. Yep, that's fantastic. All right. And uh, it's been uh, 2,981 days since uh, George R. R. Martin's fat ass dropped a book. So uh, get on that. Um, okay, Paul, we had some like roller coaster polling. We uh, I think last episode we even called the polar coaster. Um, and Donald Trump's taking it in the gooch these days, um, right in the taint. Um, Gallup has him at 39.57, negative 18 approval. Uh, 538 has him at negative 12.4, and then Real Clear Politics, the uh, the more conservative leaning aggregate, they have him at negative 10.4 uh, approval rating. Those numbers have slid that down like between three and five or something like in the last couple of weeks. He's not doing not doing too well. Um, is uh, what's his, what's his aggregate like the? Uh, okay, so for Gallup, it's 39 uh, percent approval. 538 is 41.5, and then Real Clear Politics is 43.3. Mm. I mean, those those aren't good. See numbers. what you had there. I want to hold it. That was a poorly timed. I know. took a drink, so there was took a drink. Air. I took a drink. Just dead fucking air. Um, no. Remember when we first started doing this, we kept getting out of sync because I had it on like pause reduction, and whenever no. we both took a drink, it just edited out that. That's why we were never on. Like it was weird. Anyway, uh, looking at the state polling, morning consult uh, tracking poll, they just released the one for August. And uh, pretty much, uh, he's not doing well in the states that he needs to flip. So Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Yeah, Pennsylvania. I don't know what state I just made up. Um, Wisconsin, negative 14. Michigan, negative 13. And Pennsylvania, negative 9. Yeah, he's going to get fucked there. Yeah, I I would love to know what the like i'm sure i'm sure there's some internal people for his campaign they're freaking out at least they're like this isn't a good place to be going into this right right please please stop doing weird shit and having <laughs> secret meetings with the taliban near the anniversary of 9-11 could we not I don't do that know, please I, yeah i don't know what the fuck to think about that except that like barack obama and his administration they met with the taliban but they also included the afghan government like they were the go-between between the yeah. taliban and the afghan government um Apparently Donald Trump was just going to fucking kick it with his homies in the Taliban up, in the White House. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Pretty weird. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, Ohio is still negative. Florida. Florida, and then, Yeah, but those three that uh, he flipped, they're, they're not doing well for him. Um, speaking of internal woofuckery, you were talking, we were talking about this before we started recording, or before the part I'm going to cut off, I guess. Yeah. Um, and we talked last time, and I was wanting to come back to this again, because we talked last time about Joe Walsh uh, running for president. Oh, yeah. Uh, for those of you not paying attention, Joe Walsh is a conservative. He's a former congressman. Um, he was real big into term limits, which he didn't have to worry about, because Tammy Duckworth just fucking drummed he's his ass out of He's a real shitty congressman. Yeah. Yeah. He was a real shitty congressman. He, he, he loved to say things like, the Second Amendment is the most important amendment because it defends all the other amendments. Um <laughs> I'm sorry. He's a piece of shit, but the dumb shit that he says cracks me up. Oh no, no, <laughs> that's he, so stupid. He, he's he, he's like you the know kind of... they workshop that, and we're super proud. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
And he um, he has a he's like one of the um, drive time like conservative talk radio shows, uh, you know, as hats here in Chicago. So I listen to him all the time. I've called into his show and talked to him. Um, fancy. I know, fancy. It's not that hard. Um, <laughs> um, but he um, we talked last time, like after he announced his his uh, his uh, he's going to run for president because like he's one of the people that got um, like really really championed for Donald Trump, and then he was one of the people that unlike. You know, these people are like, well, you know, in for a penny, in for a pound. As soon as Donald Trump started doing all this dumb bullshit and things that were unconstitutional, he was like really mad. He's like, this is why what our party stands for. Uh, Donald Trump is just a liar. It's horrible. He doesn't represent you. Know, he was very, very open about that. And and listen to his show was sometimes real fun because, you know, you got to, he's got a very conservative audience. So he's saying this stuff and he's like, yeah, Donald Trump just broke, you know, just, just wiped his ass with the Constitution. And if you don't see that, then you, you're not a real conservative. And so, of course, everybody would call him, call him, call him a, a dickbag. And, um, but, uh, so we talked about that last podcast, about he was going to attack Trump from the right. Cause that's what he does. And I think the quote he had right after he announced was, uh, um, I'm not racist, but I've said racist things on uh, Twitter. Yes. That was the yeah. one that's, yeah, that that's pretty- another one where you're like, fucking what? Yeah. You just like, said that. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, all right. So, and then we also have Bill <laughs> Weld. We talked about that guy. He's the uh, perennial, um, libertarian candidate, right? I think it was the vice, pre- vice presidential candidate for the libertarians last time. Who gives a shit? They got 87 votes total. Um, but yeah, but he's very conscientious, you know, kind of middle of the road, conservative, you know, Republican, whatever. And everybody was talking about uh, Mark Sanford getting in the race. Remember, we, we talked about that. There, that, that there was, it was assumed that he would get in the race. And just as of yesterday, he did it. He jumped into the race. So now we got three people running against Donald Trump for uh, GOP primary. And so what are they doing? They're canceling the primaries. Yeah. Yeah, so this is going to be really good. And I think this will be fun because not only is uh, Mark Sanford, um, you might remember him. Excuse me. He was the uh, former former uh, mayor, not mayor, shit, governor of South Carolina. He's the guy that said he was uh, hiking the Appalachian Trail and was putting it to his girlfriend in Argentina. Oh, that that's right. That yeah. is him. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So, yeah. So, like, for, like, I don't know, it was, like, five or six days, nobody knew where the shit the governor of South Carolina was. And uh, the lieutenant the lieutenant governor was like, no, that's cool, I got it. But, like, I found out later he was just banging his girlfriend in Argentina. And he had one of, he had one of those really great, like, stand-by-your-man moments with his wife where he did the press conference and she just stood off to the side, like, hating a, hating a hole in the back of his head. I'm going to you so hard. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's who you're talking about. But the other thing about Mark Sanford is, uh, oh, they're not married, by the way, shocker. Um, they're not married anymore. Uh, but Mark Sanford is also a legit like budget hawk, and so one of the things I was really hoping he'd jump into the race for is so that he could go out there and get zero point zero zero two percent in all the polls and prove to us once and for all that nobody on the Republican side gives a shit about budget deficits or spending, as long as there's a Republican president in office. Yep, because that's what's going to happen. Yeah. He's, that's fun yeah that's you know and, and it's like i was i was uh saying before we started or you know she stuff to cut it off but you know it's that thing where you know the real fun thing to do with the the primary thing is when uh people start yelling about it just point and be like you know uh, obama did that too and then like, what about everybody but no he didn't well yeah but he, he didn't have any challengers though so right. <laughs> it's a little different right. yeah like that's that's the first thing you should point out is like if you look up uh you know government prior you know party primaries 
if you're you know, going through those to see who ran when and you know like because I was looking back to see like who won uh, Iowa the last time you know was it Sanders or was it Clinton I couldn't remember and if you go back another year there just wasn't one because nobody was running against Brock Obama they just didn't have one um, but yeah so the, but this is uh so right now we got what do we got we got um, Arizona Kansas and South Carolina have all canceled their primaries for this year Nevada is expected to do so very soon. Um, because nothing says our candidate is awesome, like not letting anybody run against him. Yes. Yes. I mean, I wonder, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I assume this is just kind of a circle of wagons kind of thing. Um, now I, I have any of the candidate, uh, any of the candidates, I assume all of them live in States where they're going to be canceled. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I, 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 have, I assume they all can't run. I, have, I, I want to see him just do it anyway. Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard anything. I mean, Joe Walsh, I haven't heard anything about them canceling the Illinois uh, primary if Joe Walsh is in it. Um, where is Bill Weld from? Uh, home. Um, Bill Weld is from... Oh, come on, dumbass. Where the hell is he from? This is fun. This riveting radio, that's for sure. Where the hell is this not on his Wikipedia? Did you... It's not that important. Oh, whatever. Oh, he was the governor of Massachusetts, so he's probably from Massachusetts. Um, uh, Yeah, so, Bill, I mean, I haven't heard anything about the one in Illinois being canceled, so, I mean, Joe Walsh will still get his shot there, I'm sure. Um... But yeah, it's just like, it's such a, I mean, God damn it, I've said this before and I'll say it a thousand times. If conservative politics are so star-spangled fucking awesome, then how can't you, why can't you just win elections on them instead of having to do vote suppression and yeah. voter ID laws or canceling your fucking primaries so that the, the you know, the big uh, orange um, dipshit that's in the White House doesn't have to argue with anybody about how much he's a dipshit. Because... Like, Joe Walsh would have just called him a liar and a piece of shit right to his face in a debate. So, that yeah. I, I'm sure they don't want that to happen. Yeah. They don't want that clip out there. Well, yeah, I'm sure uh, part of that is, like, if he did actually debate him, I'm sure that, like, that Walsh would get him so riled up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, I can't, I, I'm actually really curious to see what the debates will be like this time between him and whatever the eventual candidate is uh, for the Democratic Party. Because they're just going to be... Because you know they're just going to have all this fucking material and all in there. The, the gaunt, you can't you can't argue that like, well, you know, I don't have any experience. We'll see how I do. Like that's not you know. There's four years of examples to be like, you're a piece of shit, and this is why. Oh, and he's yeah, going to get yeah. real upset, and he's going to look real real fat and sweaty. It's going to be funny. Oh yeah, he's going he's to have some some flop sweat on the top, on his upper lip and on his on his forehead. Um, yeah, well, that's a big concern. I've heard that coming from Republican quarters for a long time because before uh, Barack Obama, shit, um, Donald Trump could run and be like, you know, I'm an outsider. Uh, you see my business record. Uh, I make things happen. Let me go in and shake shit up. And people are like, yeah, let's let him do something. Let's try something different. Now he's not that candidate. He's the fucking Republican incumbent candidate. So, and he's done some some major whoopsies uh, in the last couple of years. But um, I've also kind of and you you we we saw this on um, the facey spaces in my books just today. Um, somebody said, well, uh, you know, we're talking about his, his uh, these guys debating him, and he's like, well, he was, he he crushed all the other candidates in 2016, and 
there's this there's this really strong idea that like outcomes will validate how you got them. So like the fact that Donald Trump won that primary does not make him a good candidate or a good person or a good fucking politician. It just means that you had you know, what sixteen other dipshits. You know, I, I don't know. It's a weird false equivalency that I don't like. You know, some everybody seems to think that since he won the election, that everything he did up to that point was like without without error and was then worthwhile. And it's not. I mean, uh, he still said he's gonna he just grabs women by the pussies whether he won the election or not. You know, I mean, now you got to respect him, I guess, because he holds the office. But no, I don't. Well, I, I I've told you this before. That's why I'm glad he uses his own Twitter, so I can tweet really mean and rude things to him. And technically yeah. not tweet him to the to the president of the United States. Yeah, account. you tweet him to Donald Trump. Yeah, right, right, right. I know I'm splitting awesome. hairs, but it's fun. Yeah, that's good. No, I, I, man, that would just, oh man, that would just make my day. You just tweet some real mean, petty bullshit at him, and he, and he, and he for whatever reason, while he's flying through, yours is the one that catches his eye, and he just fires off a response to you. Oh yeah, I called him a. I, I, I'm usually like, will you please shut the fuck up? That's what I tweet to him the most. Yeah, like, please shut the fuck up. I think I called him a jib- gibbering fuck whistle once. And, um, but yeah, that would be great if he responded to the gibbering fuck whistle one and, uh, I would get a million death threats cause that's what would happen. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, oh, whatever. I got a gun. Bring it. Um, all right. So we do have a <coughs> Republican primary. We've got a democratic primary going on too now, but it's so far away. I don't really give a shit. Um, everybody just keeps throwing out these national polls and until you vote in Iowa, I, I don't think anything's going to change. Doesn't really matter. Um, now we got to talk about the Shay. I know you love it. I know I love it. We gotta talk about the Sharpie. Oh, that's been oh god, the memes coming out of this have been choice. Like so and, much so much better than any of the other dumb shit before. There's just something about it that's so I think because it is so stupid, but he has consistently argued against it. Like it's right. so <laughs> funny. Well, and one of the reasons I think that this whole, you know, Sharpie Gate bullshit has has grown so quickly and is so much fun, like you said, the memes are great. Is that it is? It, it's so fucking on brand with Trump. It's yeah. Like I saw something I didn't like. I just fucking used a marker to cross it out and correct it, like nobody else was fucking knows. So anytime I fuck up, let's just cross it out with a sharpie and like fucking fix it, and then we'll act like I didn't do it. And you know, it's just his whole fucking brand as a person, even down to his 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 dumb shit signature that he used. He likes to write with a sharpie, and. I mean, that's just the adult equivalent of a big fucking crayon to me. I don't, I don't care who you are. Yeah. Yeah. So let's break this down. I got a little time on for you. Hop in if you if I if I miss something or you think I got something out of, out of, out, of uh, out of order. So this whole fucking thing started Labor Day. Labor Day weekend, we had Dorian, Hurricane Dorian coming in. Uh, Shay and I both called our dad and said goodbye. Uh, he yep. lives in Florida. We're like, you always like to say goodbye before he, you know, he swept it in the ocean. Um. So, Labor Day weekend, Trump spent the weekend golfing. Uh, he had canceled a trip to Poland to, quote-unquote, monitor Hurricane Dorian. And I guess that meant playing two rounds of golf. On Monday, the uh, Monday, uh, September 2nd, he tweets out that Dorian would hit Alabama, which um, the uh, National Weather Service immediately sent out a tweet saying it would not hit Alabama. The president was full of shit. Um, Donald Trump did not like this. Um, he then... Uh, the two days later tweeted out a one of those spaghetti maps that shows the, the 332 different paths that a storm could take or whatever. Yeah. He tweeted out a spaghetti map that showed the storm going through Alabama. The problem is he tweeted this out on September 4th and that map was from August 28th. So five days earlier, 
if you looked at the spaghetti map of of September 4th, it wasn't going to go anywhere fucking near Alabama. It's going to go up the coast. So he tweets out this five-day-old intelligence to try to defend himself. Also on the 4th, when asked about, like, what happened um, to the... uh, um, Okay, hold on. I'm jumping ahead of myself. On the 4th, he uh, went, uh, did a briefing... She held up a, uh, now this is what everybody knows, held up a, a, a map of the path of Hurricane Dorian, and somebody with a black Sharpie marker had just extended the little cone of danger over Alabama. Yep. It was very clearly done. Like, the original one was in white. He did it in uh, a black Sharpie marker. Um, there's pictures of him from earlier that day um, getting the briefing from that same chart without the addition to it. And then he did a little presser in the Oval Office, and it had this addition to it. So it's like, hey, look, see, told you I was right. Okay. Uh, so that was the fourth. Um, later, uh, in that briefings, uh, reporters asked him um, what happened. How did that addition get on there? He said, I don't know. I don't know about a dozen times. Now, there's two parts to this that I really like. and I, I, I want to say this, but I, I, don't, I don't believe it. Some articles said that he was asked, did you do it? And he said, I don't know. I don't know. And I think that's much more fun because I, I like to imagine that we have a sitting president that really does not know what he did the day before. Yeah, he yeah. has no fucking clue. Um, well, well, I don't know. Um, but I think the I think the question was, how did that happen? And he goes, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Okay, so then the uh, on the next day, with the White House releases the photo of him getting um, briefed on the map without the the correction on it, um, and then on the sixth, uh, a White House official just admitted that he did it. He's the one that added the little addition to it and permanent sharpie black marker. Um, so Donald Trump lied. Everybody's, of course, shocked by that. It's the first time he's done it. Um, the campaign then on September 6th started selling uh, Sharpie markers with Donald Trump's signature on them. I saw that. Yeah. And uh, Rachel Rachel was really worried I was going to buy him. I was like, I don't want this shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I already, got, I, I already got the North Korea coin. I don't yeah. need this nonsense. No. Um, and then we get into some 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 contradicting things here. On Also on September 6th, NOAA, National uh, Oceanic... Uh, um, something association, I don't know, whatever. They run the National Weather Service. They tweeted out that Donald Trump was totally right and there were earliest predictions that it would go through Alabama. This, of course, made all the fucking scientists at uh, NOAA mad because they knew it was wrong. Yeah. So um, somebody in the administration leaned on NOAA, which is actually controlled by uh, the Commerce Department, and our Commerce Secretary is that vampire-looking motherfucker, uh, Wilbur Ross, He's like a thousand years old, and it was just reported uh, yesterday that Wilbur Ross on September first threatened um, the higher ups at NOAA with uh, termination if they contradicted Donald Trump. Now let's back up and remember all this is because he just blurted out that a storm was going to go to Alabama and just wouldn't fucking let it go. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It is so- amazing. But I mean, anyone that you know, it's just—it's only funny to people like you and me. Anyone that is still on board with this guy is just gonna be like, "No, it's fake news, man. You never did it. You didn't know how it got there. You know, dude. It's all fake news, f- dude." I had a friend share this—the uh, Noah article when they like they could contradicted the National Weather Service. They're like, "See, oh man, look at that. The National Weather Service got—or I'm sorry, the the liberal news media got it wrong again." I was like, and I read the article. I was like, did you read this fucking article? It just states that they tweeted out something, and then there's like quotes from like eight different scientists saying, "Oh, this is horseshit." Yeah, I don't know, yeah, I don't know who tweeted that out, but it was somebody higher up. And uh, yeah, it's it's just it encapsulates the dipshittery of this administration so well. 
And like you said before, the, the, the little memes that came out of this were so goddamn good. I like think people... my favorite one was the x-ray of the foot with the bone spur drawn on in Sharpie. Uh, that, that was, was good. That was choice. I like the, the one of, of him and Melania sitting at some uh, sitting at some you know ceremony or whatever, and she just had this scowl on her face and somebody drawing a big smile on her face in Sharpie. <laughs> that was a good one. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, there's the one where they just take a picture of like uh, the desert out in Arizona somewhere and somebody had drawn in a border wall with Sharpie. That was fun. That's good. Um, hands down, my favorite was the, Nas- the, the National Mall for his inauguration. People drawn in stick figures to fill it up. <laughs> yep. Because during his inauguration, it looked like the National Mall was balding. But, um, yeah, it's it's so... And he's still not letting it go. Like, he's still tweeting out shit probably right now as we're talking about it. Like, no, I was right. I was right. She's like, you fucked up. Just let it go. That's not how he works, though. No. You never, you, never, you never admit you're wrong and the problem goes away. That's been very fruitful for him so far. Well, he's going to have some problems. And they're going to be... I think they're going to be his uh, election chances, but we'll see. We got to see who we get a candidate first before I'm like going to go hell or hot water into that. Did I miss anything? Ah, that's all of it. Oh, another one that was really good. Have you seen the ones where they take the Sharpie and make him Trump look taller or buff? No. Yeah. 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 So they they take a picture of him out on the golf course, you know, looking all doughy as fuck. And then they like draw in like bigger shoulders and some abs and like muscles and stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I thought about, I thought it would be a good thing to, a fun thing to do is to start a campaign to mail uh, the White House, just Sharpies, just crates and crates of Sharpies. I feel like but that the, would be a good way to get, get something, get flagged somehow. on. Oh, some I'm, list. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure I'm on a list of some sort. Yeah. That's all right. I mean, this podcast isn't helping any. No, not at all. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. One of my, uh, when I was looking for work on my, my friends were like, are you worried about anybody, uh, uh, hearing your podcast, if you're interviewing at their place, I was like, not really. And if someone actually managed to find it, I'd just be more surprised than anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or if you walk in and sit down and they're like a listener. Just, you know, oh, God, one of the ten. He's one yeah. of the dozens. Like, Shay like Shea, Shea Woods? Like, from the Woods cast? What? What? Right, yeah. <laughs> you're my hero, dude. <laughs> what? Uh, what? No. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Well, the, I work the, here now. <laughs> yeah, I work here now, and I make $100 an hour to smoke weed and watch Netflix. Yeah. I'm the new director of Netflix and Chill. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're the new czar of Netflix and Chill. Speaking of Netflix and not chill, uh, we've got some alt-right asshats that are in some trouble, and it's very, very fun. What's up? Uh, first one, we talked about this a little bit earlier, you got Milo Yannanopoulos. Milo Yannanopoulos is how you say his name. Uh, he's now complaining that he's broke and can't put food on the table, and I think it's the um, public stance of the Woodcast that we don't give a shit. No. Yeah, I think we don't give a shit. No. That's like you said, he could get a job, he just, he's not, he wants to be a famous person that doesn't have to work. Right, right, so, so, for those of you, I mean, I, I I swim in some really weird parts of the internet, and I follow a lot of these right-wing dick bags, because they are just that, they're just dick bags, and they want to make a name for themselves being edgy. Milo wanted to be edgy, and he started out at Breitbart, and... He was like their tech editor, I believe. And he was a horrible writer. Like, if you ever want to just not feel sorry for the stupid bastard, just pull up one of his articles and read through it. It's it's just some high school dribble bullshit. Yeah. Um, 
and he was on he was on Breitbart, and he um, got got bounced from there. He got bounced off Twitter because he attacked Leslie Jones in a in an extremely racist way, manner on Twitter over the whole uh, the new Ghostbusters thing. Um, and I don't really know why. Like he wrote a review of Ghostbusters, and of course it wasn't flattering. Not a lot of people like that, but. Um, he like was really going after Leslie Jones. He got kicked off Twitter. He got he got fired from Breitbart because I don't know if you remember this. He went on some weird podcast and uh, said that you know sex between adult men and younger boys is is okay sometimes if it teaches the kid about his sexuality. Oh, uh, that I'd forgotten about that. Record stop. Yeah. 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 I've, what? <laughs> I've watched that footage. It was some weird show where they had. Um, it reminded me a lot of one of those. Uh, QAnon boards that like runs 24 hours a day yeah where there's like five or six people on it and whoever's talking their image you know is the bigger image and then just got five or six guys you know kind of in the queue at the bottom and he said that he said he said that like you know sometimes you know uh, an older man can usher a, a young gay man into his sexuality by you know having sex with him when he's underage and he was like, you know, if I, if that had never happened to me, like, I wouldn't be so good at giving blowjobs thanks to Father Callahan. Like, he made this joke about it. And, uh, like, the whole, like, little queue of trolls underneath him was like, wait, what? Did, did you just say pedophilia was cool? And he's like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. And they were like, that's what you said. That's what uh, you said. Yeah. So so when that kind of went viral, he got, he got booted off um, Breitbart. And he's had he's several stunts since then. He's always trying to get speaking fees and everything like that. But once he got booted off Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, he doesn't have the audience he wants. And, like, he, he wrote some, like, oh, oh, what was me thing on this place called Telegram. Have you been on here? Have you been on that? Uh, It's a real conservative. It's like a – yeah, I know. I know. Uh, yeah, it's like a social conservative social media site, right? Right. It's it's like Gab or yeah. any of these other ones. They're, like, real small. And it's where all these uh, uh, Nazi fucks go when they're kicked off the large platforms. But they can't garner as many people on here. Like – uh, I'm, I'm quoting from this article that they did in Vice, and, you know, his his most, uh, you know, when he does a live feed or anything like that, at most he gets 2,000 people, and I guess the, not enough of them are throwing him money to just be an asshat on social media, so he says he has no money to feed himself. And like we said, he could get a job. He could get a 9-to-5 job and live a uh, long, hopefully shitty life, but he doesn't want to do that. He wants to just be... He wants people to shower him with money just for being a shitty person on social media. Like, you're more than welcome to be a shitty person on social media. Nobody has to pay you for it. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the that is the nature of the beast. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, yeah, that I those uh, those. It's really funny what uh, where how all of the websites that get shut down or people get kicked off the big ones like him just kind of filter into the into the a handful of smaller ones that fucking mm-hmm. nobody knows about. Well, I, I feel got... like most people only know about that sites like uh, Gab and stuff just. Because you read about it and find out, and you want to go look at it and make fun of him. <laughs> look where you're at. No, yeah, that's basically how it works. I, I, I would like, I mean, to your point, uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all these are places that you and I can post content. Mm-hmm. But Milo Yiannopoulos and Alex Jones and all these assets can't because um, it's really not that hard to be not racist on the internet. It's, you know, I mean, some people seem to can't not be able to do it, but we're doing it just fine. Um, I signed up for Telegram. I, like I got on there because I wanted to just like tweet a bunch of because I miss tweeting shit to Alex Jones and, and like hopefully sending him into a, you know a shame spiral or something. Um, but it's not like that. Like you can't just like message them. You have to like, their their accounts on there are basically like just RS RSS feeds. Like they just put out content. There's no responding to it. There's no um, you have yeah. To pay, 
yeah, you have to be like one of their like weird like star subscribers or something, and then you can go into like a chat room with them. And there's no way I'm giving Milo Yiannopoulos or Alex Jones any money. I just literally wanted to send him a message like, hey, look where you end up. Just like he said, like, hey, look look where you are. Yeah. Hey, how's that going for you? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so My- Milo's uh, poor, and uh, which is also funny because he, he kind of, I think it was like he wanted to use for the cover of one of his books that was canceled. Um, a picture of him, like, wearing a t-shirt that says, stop being poor. That's a good thing. So that, that, that tweets age well. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, the other guy that's having some uh, trouble, we haven't talked about our boy Alex Jones in a while, but uh, Alex Jones just lost an appeal in Texas, and he is completely lying about it. What is it? I mean, is he just saying, like, hey, I, I won, and that is just objectively yeah, not what happened? so, well, there, he's under so many lawsuits, I can't keep track of them. But most of them are coming out of um, uh, Connecticut, so where Sandy Hook is, because a lot of these are Sandy Hook parents who have sued him because he went on his show, his TV and radio show, said that they were liars, it was a false flag, nobody died, all that. Now, since they're suing the absolute bejesus out of his ass, He's saying I never said that, but he's, I mean, clearly on 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 tape saying it. Um, on a podcast I know we've talked about the um, uh, knowledge fight. You, you you haven't been following that, do you? No, nah, I don't. I don't that? bother to look. Now, nah, I mean, I know what it is, and yeah. it, those guys pop up on other things I listen to, but yeah, I don't bother with it. Yeah, well, one of the things they're doing is they went back to 2013, right after Sandy Hook, and they're listening to all those shows going forward to see like when he flips and when he actually says like. You know, they didn't do this. And it's a, it was a false flag, all that bullshit. Well, uh, through a hooker by crook, um, he did it. And he basically doxed the shit out of a lot of Sandy Hook parents that were trying to tell him to shut up. And they got death threats. It was really bad. So they sued the shit out of him. And um, all those are going on in, in, in Connecticut. But uh, one of the Sandy Hook parents sued him in Texas. And he was not um, turning over the proper things he was supposed to and you know in discovery and everything and he had sued to he had appealed um how do i want to say this i'm sorry he filed a motion to get the the court the case thrown out um they said no the case will go forward he appealed that decision and just now the judge said that that appeal would not go through your fuck now this is the lawsuit in texas yeah lawsuit in texas and also um he was put on the hook for their legal expenses that's the other part right thank you um and so, okay, but if that's not a big expense for Alex Jones because, like, he's already, I mean, it, kind of you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound. He's got all this legal shit going on everywhere. So I can't imagine that's, like, a big addition to it, but he's got to pay for it. What's funny about this is that this is just one of the many things he's doing just trying to drag this out because his point is, is, like, they're trying to shut him up because his, you know, his transmissions tell the truth and they're trying to shut him down just like Google did and all this bullshit. Um so it's all a First Amendment issue, and he has on all of like his, his lawyers, they come on a show all the time and talk about how, like, when we win this for you, we're going to win it for the First Amendment. But it's not that. Like, if he thought he was really going to defend the First Amendment, he'd be in court right now. But he keeps doing this kind of shit to just delay it, because he knows once he goes into court, he actually did the fucking thing they accused him of. Yeah, and so he's the fucked. Video. Yeah, yeah, he's fucked. So... He's just trying to delay this as far as he can. I think this is like... I think in the next couple of years, we might see the absolute, like... The uh, complete bankruptcy of, of uh, Infowars, and I think it'll be hilarious. That'd be fun. I uh, th- that'll be I, if especially 
that's when I'll tune in is when it's coming when he knows it's over and he's going to have to stop broadcasting for whatever reason financial or he just decide he's going to go off the rails and those last few episodes are going to be hilarious oh yeah yeah and he says a lot he's like you know I'll fight the globals till my last breath we have to do this in a garage in my garage or my basement we'll do it in my garage or my basement I'll sell the family farm to pay for this and it's like no if you wanted to do that you'd do that right the fuck now you'd shut down this whole big fucking studio it'd just be you and like Rob Dew and uh, Owen Schroyer in your fucking basement or your garage with a couple microphones and some and some headsets and you just do it but what you want to do is you want to sell five to seven million dollars worth of fucking bone broth <laughs> and pocket that money that's yeah I mean it's not it's, it's, it's so fucking transparent. Now, to your point, I have noticed him say, uh, like, he's trying to quote-unquote expand, and he'll say, like, we would have expanded to, like, be on the air for 20 hours last year, but you guys didn't give us enough money. And then just today, I think I was listening to him, and he said, uh, like, one of the other, um, oh, Paul Paul Joseph Watson, he's the guy over in England, one of his cohorts, um, he's like, I, I, I made him go do his own site and do his own show because I just couldn't afford to pay him anymore. He's like, what the fuck's that mean? Like, he's on your show all the time. Um, so there's all these little things that'll happen like that. But I think you're right. I think when the, the real spiral hits, it'll be real fun. He's just going um, to be hammered drunk. Shirtless and screaming, probably. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I haven't noticed him getting drunk lately. Because I think he knows that he's got he's to gotta stay on point and, uh, and, you know, make the spots. He's got to do, do the sales because he needs his fucking money. That's true. Yeah. Speaking of sales, they just came out with something they call Chill Force, which is supposed to help you mellow out in the evening. So right now, he's got Brain Force, which is like an energy drink you're supposed to take in the morning. You've got Knockout, which is supposed to help you go to sleep at night. And you've got Chill Force, which is supposed to help you bridge the gap between uh, Brain Force and Knockout. Um, so it's like uppers and downers for your whole day. That's awesome. And like, I'm pretty sure that's what killed Elvis. Yeah. So. <laughs> I would love to know what's in his Chill Force. <laughs> yeah. I, <coughs> he says all these stupid roots and stuff, and he just—he's just so full of shit. Um, he was the thing I always make fun of him, that uh the caveman bone broth bullshit. That's he that, did a, that's a fun one. Yeah, he did a well. First of all, he did an ad. Like if you listen to the website uh, version of his show, like you don't get it on the radio, like uh, I used to do. Um, whenever there's a commercial break, like, there's not any other commercials except his commercials. So I'm just listening to him plug you know products the whole time. And he did one commercial where he like mixed up some bone broth and took a drink of it, and you can tell by the look on his face he can barely keep it down. Yeah, uh, it's good. It's it's that's some funny stuff. But it, like even today, he's like, "All right, this is gonna be the last run of bone broth. Uh, you know, we won't get any until like May of next year." I'm like, "Really? What the fuck, dude? Like, who's making this shit? That's so what I, factory in China are you buying it from?" Yeah, that's. <laughs> I always because I imagine all all he's doing is uh, and a lot of a lot of guys like him do that. Um, Fuck! What was who was the, the the they will he's buying stuff and just rebranding it obviously right right private label what, what was yeah private label but what is the guy that uh uh that I can't remember the actual um talk show host but him and his wife went to prison for a bunch of fraud and now they sell freeze dried meals oh Jim uh, Jim Jones Jim yeah yeah Jim Jones like it's the same kind of shit I was in a Walmart the other day and the brand of freeze dried food that Jim Jones sells was on sale there like clearance for like eight bucks for a six day supply so i bought some and tried it out shit's weird it's all freeze-dried goop but yeah that's i'm surprised uh does alex jones sell like food supplies 
Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Emergency food. Yeah. And I, I, so he he sells. Excuse me. Um, he sells. Shit. What is it? My Patriot Supply. <laughs> That's what he does, and so he he generally sell he sells my and and sometimes he will say where he gets it to private la- private label it, mm-hmm. but not all the time. Because I'm pretty sure whoever he's getting some of this stuff from, they're like, they're like, you use my name and we're done. Like, I don't, you keep your name out my mouth. Yeah. Keep my name out your mouth. Um, so he's, he's been really, lately he's been into the, like this, this uh, silver wound gel bullshit. It's like some kind of microbial silver paste that you're supposed to put on wounds and it kills bacteria and everything yeah. like that. Um, and he's got a hand cream that has the silver into it, and it's supposed to form a protective layer around your hand so that you don't get infections or get cuts. Like, it's it's really all about this infused silver nonsense. But he won't say where he gets it to private label it. He just says he just says that this is made by the top scientists in some place, you know, dumb fuck Egypt or whatever, I don't know. And um, he, uh, you know, it's the top of the line. Um, if it was any stronger, you need a prescription... Uh, don't ingest it because it's that strong. It's lethal ingested. I'm like, you're not putting anything over the counter that I can't put a spoonful in my mouth and you know, yeah. die. Um, but uh, yeah, he won't say where he gets a private label. He does say the Patriot, my Patriot Supply place a lot because I think he sells a lot of their like body armor and gun parts and shit too. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think they give a shit. But I looked that stuff up. First of all, free stride emergency food is expensive as balls. It's just, it's just expensive. It, yeah, you really gotta you really gotta shop around for it. And but I'll be yeah. honest with you, I do have I've probably I've got I you know I buy um, the best tasting ones are like the individual package like Mountain House like which you can get right, at Walmart right, right. and shit. It basically yeah. just ends up tasting like fancy hamburger helper. Um, but yeah, it's not cheap to like like Justin. If I had the money, I would buy your supply of freeze dried food just so I'd have it and for when the grid oh, yeah. goes down. And it's just it and honestly, you know, it it's just so handy. Um, it's not good when you're drunk and you, and you want food because then you end up eating a whole one and they're like 30,000 milligrams of sodium per meal. But uh, yeah, I don't feel good. Yeah, no. But then if you want to get food, like, I mean, hell, I think I bought uh, this three-day supply of food I got from Walmart on clearance for 10 bucks. It's normally like $60 or something stupid. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it, 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 yeah, they make a lot of money off that shit. I, th- I think I think we've talked about this. If like if we won the lottery and money wasn't an issue, we would have a goddamn bunker and an arsenal just because yeah. it'd be fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just because it'd be fun. Um, the word we're looking for here is compound. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like if you want a year's worth of supply of food, like it'll cost you, you know, upwards of seventeen hundred dollars or something. Yeah, let's. Yeah, I'll look it up right now. You continue to talk. My my Patriot Supply. But the funny thing is, is where I don't know how the hell's, hell. Alex Jones does it, but um, my patron supplies uh, food on um, the Infowars Life website is discounted more than it is at my patron supply. But like I, I told myself, like if I ever want to buy this, I'm getting it from my patron supply. I'm not giving Alex Jones a fucking dollar. Oh, absolutely not. I'll. Uh, I mean, I already get. I gave him twelve dollars to get you that T-shirt. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I uh, looks like a one-year supply of Mountain House is about about three to five grand, depending on what you're getting. And that Man. tends to, yeah, that tends to be true for most of these. Um, yeah, but I mean, I guess the logic there is that if stored properly, it's good for like 40 years or some shit. But that is, yeah. again, like, I was thinking about the logistics of it. Like, where are you going to store like three pallets of shit? I, I guess That's maybe it's a pallet. It yeah, I don't know. It's like. Yeah. You it's know, basically it's, a pallet, yeah. I guess not too bad. It's a, basically I would absolutely like you, do that just to have it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that'd be fun. I don't know. 
Rachel keeps telling me we gotta like get get supplies up for the winters here, and I'm like, eh, we're fine. You know, you say that till you're not. Yeah, <laughs> you say that till it's cold. Yeah, and um, power goes out, so you need yourself some water, some flashlight, batteries, and all that shit. We got that stuff. Fine. Well, that's all you need. Hey, rum mixers. Rum mixers. Yeah. Yeah. What's real fun here in Colorado is when they have a big pro- there's a big storm predicted. Like you have all the other normal ways people are at, but then everybody's out of weed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I need to be able to watch the world crumble while I roll a blunt. Yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's good. Um all right. Uh fun I don't stuff. Know this, Justin, we get stoned in a blizzard is pretty sweet. Well, but, I can uh, imagine. I can imagine. Um do, do, do fun stuff. What have you been doing lately? Um Trying. I saw. Did you Did you ever go see it, Chapter Two? No, I'm gonna see that. I'm gonna try try to see it this week. It's I imagine. Good. Yeah, I figure one of my buddies saw it and, and basically said what you said. He's like, "Well, it's not as good as the first half, but it's still good." And the ending's kind of mad. And I was like, "So it's just like the book?" He goes, "Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty yeah. much." Apparently, from what I understand, like it's a pretty faithful adaptation of the book. Like. Which, there, yeah, by its nature, so many... the last half of that book is not as interesting as the first half. Like, it's just not. Well, the book, the book, the book, uh, how do I want to say this? This adaption and all of the one, you know, the other one, um, have done the thing where they, you know, because the book is told simultaneously yeah. in the years. Yeah, they break into uh, two different. 1955 and, and 1985, uh, or 53 and 85, whatever. Um, what is in the new one there? It's like, is it present day, right? It's 85 and present day. 85 and present day. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so most of the times, when the, the last two times they've done an, an adaption, they just break it into two halves and they tell the kid's story first and the adult story That's second. That's not how it's structured in the book. Uh, no, it's, it's it's completely simultaneous. In the book, if you read the book, um, there are, while at the same time the kids are uh, racing towards their confrontation with it in 1955, the adults are being herded towards a second confrontation with it in let 1985. Me, let me clarify but, when I say it's But the adults like, still don't remember what they're going to do. They just yeah. know they're going to go through that door. They don't remember how they confronted it the first time. They're still just, like, going on a wing and a prayer. Yeah. Well, what I mean when I say is it's just like the book and that the second half isn't as good as... I mean, the parts with the adults are not as interesting. Like... And because no. a lot there's a, there's a lot of stuff in the adult sections of the book that don't deal with anything really. It's all like you know, like spouse abuse, and it gets it. Yeah. Which I get, it's the mundane evils and aside, you know, whatever. But um, you know, are these people's lives shitty in the future because of this thing's influence over their childhood? And I get all that, but the the adult sections they're just not as fun. No, they're yeah, not. They're fun. really they're, not. They're not as lighthearted. Yeah. Not as, um, one of, one of the things that I always liked about the book was is the reason that that it draws them back is that it feels slighted and it's never been bested before. Yeah. And it's, and it's long it's long eons of being in dairy. It just fed on what it called you know its town and its its influence slowly crept through all of dairy, and it's never been bested by kids and it doesn't understand why it was bested. It doesn't understand anything and, it, and it's the first time the the entity it ever felt fear like it. First time it ever had to make a plan. It didn't have to just. It, it could always just step out and take whatever it wanted, but now it had to plan and make sure that it wasn't going to be, you know, blindsided again. Because what the kids had done, and it's just described extremely well in the book, is that um, it is a glamour. It can take on the shape and and nature of anything that it wants to, and it would pick what's will pick out of your brain what what you're most afraid of. Therefore, you know. 
making you scared and making the the meat that it would just it was going to eat that much more flavorful but uh you know, in, in the book, they say, you know, for every kid that can imagine a vampire, there's the next kid that's going to imagine the stake to kill it. So when it's locked in, in a form or one form or the other, it's vulnerable to, you know, that form's weaknesses. And, and in the book, it was uh, it became a werewolf, and the kids used a silver bullet. Yeah. Well, even then, it only, it only worked because they believed it would. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, um... And you saw that in the first movie, yep. uh, with the uh, with the um, railgun. You know, yeah, it didn't have any more charge, but even everybody but Mike believed it was going to kill it, so it hurt it. It didn't kill it. Um, but in the in the book, in the second half of the book, there was that great part where it was just kind of laying in its lair, angry and waiting for the adults to come, knowing that their imaginations wouldn't be as strong, knowing that you know, yeah. A third of their lives had been burned away, and it and it was it was it had rested and healed, and it was fine. Um, so those 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 introspective things with it talking to itself were great in the book. That, that's not in the movie. It's a no, of course movie. not. And, and they, they 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 fuck around with the ritual of chewed a little bit, but um, I don't want you know. I'll tell you, we get a spider, and it's a cool spider. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna see because I think what I'm gonna do is I may have a, a couple people over tomorrow, and we're gonna because apparently while I was at the wedding. Uh, at like three o'clock in the morning after the wedding, I decided <laughs> I needed to own the original movie, and I bought it uh, on Amazon for like. Yeah. But it was great because I had store credit, and it was only five dollars. So I'm like, well, fuck that. I'm gonna watch the first one, and then we're gonna go see the second one uh, later this week. So yeah, it's it. I, I it did. I do. I did read it. It's what like two hours and fifty five minutes. Yeah, it's a long movie. Yeah, that original one that you're gonna the 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 was it BBC that did it? I no, 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 no. I'm out. talking about the first part of this movie. Oh, it, chapter okay. one, the one that came out in 2017. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought you meant the one that came no, out in the no. uh, 90s. I, that's, yeah. I, that one does not hold up. The, the second half of that one is down. It is unwatchable. It is so fucking yeah. bad. Um, the it's first half bad. with the kids is still pretty good. Yeah. Because well, Tim, uh, Tim Curry, and also it's just great to see Tim Curry as Pennywise. Because I do yeah. remember that movie, that shit scaring the hell out of me as a little kid. But it doesn't age very well. No, no, it doesn't age very well, but very well at all but uh tim curry's performance is, is oh, still I, amazing um i always loved his uh, laugh <laughs> yeah, his oh laugh. yeah well in the, the the scene that always killed me was when they were looking through the picture books and um where in the 2017 version it was a uh slide projector in the original book it was just pictures yeah and while they, they were standing there as a group the picture started to move and they're all looking at it and it's just like a uh i don't know what 1800s dairy or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, like hard, late 1800s. Uh, yeah, there's like horses and carts moving around. And while they're watching it, just mesmerized, Pennywise does like some handsprings and, and cartwheels into frame and then stops, looks right at them and roars. Yeah. And then comes running at the, running at the, you know, the. the well, doesn't his hand foreground. come out of the book or something? Yeah. 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 He, he leaps up onto a, he leaps up onto a light post that's, that's right, right there in the yeah. foreground. And like just that whole. Sequence was like, oh, that's oh, shit. I don't want to watch that again. That was fucked up. Um, but yeah, that's really good. Apparently, like if you look into that adaptation from the nineties, like it was going to be ten hours or something like that. Yeah, they like, they, they wanted to go nuts with it. Yeah, they they did go nuts with it, and then they were like, no, 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 and they had to cut it down and do a bunch of weird shit. And yeah, that's what you got. And you got a really dumb animatronic fucking spider, but whatever. Uh, no, this this one's good. Um, like I said, it's not as tight as the first chapter. I don't even think we called it chapter one, but um, yeah, the first one's just called Stephen King's It. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's good. You'll like it. I think you'll like it. Oh, I'm sure I will. Uh, 
Somebody listen. awesome, and I can't remember who, a director who's done some other good shit, is adapting, uh, what's that fucking, The Longest Walk? Yeah, yeah. Or is it, yeah. is it long, oh, no, walk, The Long that. Walk? Yeah, the yeah. Long that, walk. Well, that was a Richard Bachman book, right? Yeah, it's Originally, I think, yeah. Yeah, it's a competition where you just start off and, you know, if you, whoever can walk the longest, uh, you know, gets a prize. And, like, it's in some kind of dystopian future. It's been so long since I've read it. Um, you're, you're in some kind of dystopian future, kind of like the running man where like, you know, if you, if you can be the one who walks the longest, then you're, um, you know, then you're given, you know, food and board and, you know, a, a place in good society and shit. But it, like you say that and it sounds like, all right, whatever. But like people are walking until their feet are just bleeding stumps. You know, it's just like, you know, you think about it, like how long could you stay on your feet and walk? Like it's a couple days, you know, but, uh. Yeah, they're redoing that. Apparently, they're the the um, redoing ABC's redoing the stand, and they're taking it pretty fucking seriously. I uh, thought it was. Uh, I thought that was a CBS show, an all access. Could be uh, could CBS. Be CBS. Yeah, I think it is. Okay. Yeah, no. Apparently, they're doing like a ten hour miniseries of it, mm. which is sweet. That's my. That yeah. is my favorite. Because uh, like one of the like a lot of people don't like the stand because. Well, no, I mean, most people like it, but it is, the first half of it, it's a pretty slow book. It's a very Stephen King book, especially oh, yeah. three, yeah. that fucking unabridged one that's like another 150,000 words and some, some garbage. Um, well, like, Rachel, I got Rachel, uh, I checked out um, it from the local library to take to the beach. So, like, you know, if you drop it in the ocean, it's not our book, right? And uh, I don't know how she did it, but she the the copy she gave they gave me was like eight inches thick. Like, it was bigger than the hardcover. I don't know how they did it. Yeah. It was huge. But, I mean, it's a long book, but... Um, what I like so much you, about the stand was before, how the first half of that book is just describing how everything's falling apart. Yeah, it's like that's that's always my favorite part of an apocalypse movie is the part where you see society collapse, and like that's like eight hundred pages of that book. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You spend a lot of time watching like society go from like, hey, I don't think everything's really good right now to holy shit, what the hell's going on? Yeah. And um, excuse me. Uh, one thing about it, chapter two. Stephen King, of course, makes a uh, cameo. Yep, and he spends the whole time making fun of uh, Bill Denbro's uh, shitty endings to books. That's awesome. Like that's a running thing. For, like, oh the whole movie. yeah. Like, everybody's like, everybody's like, uh, uh, "Hey, Bill, I liked your book. Ending sucked." Um, the uh, well, that's what I love about that's part of kind of that kind of actually dears me to Stephen King. Like, a lot of people will say like, "Well, I don't like Stephen King. His endings are bad." But it's if you get to a point where you just you know it's not going to be the best, you know. It's yeah. it's uh, uh and, and he's even said in interviews he's like I don't really worry about the ending. <laughs> he, he's like yeah yeah, yeah it's fine. <laughs> well, and, he's and like if, I think he said one time you spend the least amount of time with the ending of a book, so why should I spend more time on it or something stupid like that? Right, right. Well, and, and if you are a long time Stephen King reader, you know that the ending will be meh, but the climax will be amazing. Yeah. No, yeah, it's... like he's really great at build ups and climaxes. He just sucks ass at wrapping up the story afterwards. Yeah, I told you my I told you my story about the girl who loved Tom Gordon, right? Uh, no. So that book's about a I'm gonna you know spoiler alert everybody. It's about a young girl who goes on a hike with her mom and her brother, and she gets lost in the woods. And so while she's in the woods, she's you know trying to survive. You know, eat some berries and gets the shits. You know, just all the all the. She makes all the, the classic mistakes you're not supposed to make when you're lost in the woods. And she gets this feeling that there's something following her. And she ends up finding, like, a lair with, like, you know, bones and things. Like, there's something out there, and it's something's hunting her. And you kind of get the impression that it's some kind of a demon. 
And at the end of the book, now she loves Tom Gordon. Tom Gordon's a, a major league pitcher, and he's she's known for like, he's known for like stare. He's like the relief guy. You know, he's known for coming in and throwing like eight really fucking amazingly fast pitches and ending the game. And he always stare downs the stares down the best batters, and he you know will just you know stare him down and then throw his fastball, whatever. And uh, so she loves this guy, Adolescent. And so she finally finds out that it's a, a it's a it's a bear that's possessed by a demon. So it's this giant demonic bear that's like hunting her, and she's you know dehydrated. She's damn near hysterical from you know shitting her brains out everywhere, and yeah. So she decides like I'm probably gonna die here. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stand this bear down. I'm gonna do it like Tom Gordon would do. So she like sits there and like confronts the bear and you know acts like she's gonna you know fastball pitch her uh, walkman at it or something, do something to kill the bear or whatever. And that's where I had to go up and take a piss and get a drink of water. And I'm in the bathroom thinking like, all right, I'm like 15 at the time. I'm like, huh, all right. Uh, if I was gonna end this book, how would I end it? You know, thinking like maybe I should start writing books because it seems pretty fucking easy. This this book isn't that hard, right? I was like, well, one cheap way to end the book would be like, just as she's getting ready to confront the bear, a hunter stumbles out of the woods and shoots the de- the bear dead and saves her. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of lame. I sit down and not four fucking pages later, a, a hunter stumbles out of the woods, shoots this de- demonic bear dead, and the book ends. <laughs> and I'm like, Stephen King owes me 50 bucks. Yeah, that's you all son to, of right? a bitch. <laughs> yeah, you suck. Yeah, there, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, oh, yeah, that shit is, uh, yeah, because I remember even the Dark Tower was the original ending to that. Uh, you, uh, he opens the door, or opens the door, and then you don't know what he sees after all yeah. that. And then, and then there's the revised edition where they tell you that he just starts his whole journey uh, over again. Right. Which right. I actually think is kind of a, it's a good ending as far as that goes, because it's. Well, call us a wheel. Yeah, exactly. It actually fits, but it's like. You know what? And I guess what he's got the horn that time, so it alludes to the fact that he like maybe saved Cuthbert. I can't remember, but uh, well, it alludes to the fact that if he does this quest over uh, over again enough, then he'll end up at the Dark Tower with Cuthbert, Cuthbert and Elaine. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know his 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 tet will be intact, and he will gather you know Eddie and um, Susanna and Jake. Yeah, and he won't it- lose them. And then, lose them along the way. Yeah, but then, but even then, that there's still the like the ending of where he fights the Crimson King. He like erases him, the little guy yeah. with the notepad or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. But then I isn't there's a I don't know if it's if Stephen King said it or not, but isn't there some uh, there's at least a popular fan theory that the reason the Crimson King was so weak was because it had been defeated and that was like right, right. It's yeah, like a house of reps, like without that, like it's all connected. So. Let's let's take let's take two steps yeah. back for everybody who hasn't read all these books. Um, the Crimson King is the main uh, baddie in the um, uh, Stephen King's magnum opus, The Dark Tower. Um, something like seventy percent of his books tie into it at one point or the other. They either mention a character or a character walks through or something. Something. There's, there's a there's a tree that you can look up and do all that. Someone's got a name with the initial CK or just stupid shit. Yeah. Right. 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 Um. But uh. In the final book of the Dark Tower, he has the final confrontation with uh, the Crimson King, who in other media had been represented as like a spider being. Like he existed in, you know, one realm as a human, but existed as a large half human, half man spider kind of thing in another realm, blah, blah, blah. That gives every that's what Shay's talking about is that everybody, the big fan theory is that um, Stephen King is it, the entity of Pennywise. 
that fed on children was an extension of a good portion of the, the Crimson King. And when the kids in uh, Derry killed it, they uh, essentially uh, you know, negated a large portion of him and his powers. Um, that's, that's the fan theory. I think it tracks. I think, I think it slaps. Yeah, that sounds like one of those things if you ask him about it, he'd be like, sure, yeah, that sounds good. That was good. Yeah, 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 I was high as balls on Coke at the time. I don't know. Do you have any idea what Jackson Cotton I did while I was reading that book? Reading that yeah. fucking book? Yeah, he, he's funny. Uh, when I was, uh, you know what movie I watched the other day that I have not seen in a while? Motherfucking exactly. Maximum Overdrive. Oh. <laughs> There's so many, because the, for those of you who don't know, that it's, shit is oh, it's horrible. So fun, though, but it was a movie that um, Stephen King directed, directed, wrote and directed it in the 80s, right? Yeah, I think it was the 80s. It was like late 70s or 80s. And oh, yeah. uh, But yeah. the thing is, is at that time he was doing shit tons of cocaine. Right. And he and admits it, too. Oh, no, if you ask him who directed that movie, he'll say cocaine. Yeah, yeah. Like he's like written and directed by by uh, cocaine, but it's funny because like there's all these hilarious stories of him like pausing filming and running out to throw a blood bag. Like the scene where the steamroller comes to life and kills the guy on the baseball field. Stephen King almost got run over because he was real high on blow and he ran out and threw a blood bag underneath it while it was moving to make it look bloodier and almost got run over by it. Oh yeah, like, yeah, that yeah was... totally. Yeah, he had a really great. Um... There's like long form, uh, excuse me, long form comics. That's uh, I have to find the website. It's like quotes from like important people, but like they take these quotes and they turn them into these really long like comics that are like long comic strips to really illustrate them. And he did a really great one where he sat down and talked to the guy, and he talked about his desk, and when he first got his you know started you know, carry and a couple other hits under his belt. He had some money. He bought this huge writing desk and he put it up in his attic and it was just the center of his world. Like it was the center of the room and it was the center of his attention. And then, um, as time passed, like, you know, his kids wanted, got older, wanted to spend more time with him, but he wanted to be up there to some big, important desk writing. And then he noticed that there's always beer cans on his big, important desk. And, you know, he's doing a lot of drugs and like his focus was on this desk and his identity as a writer. And that when he really got his shit together and started writing well and spending time with his family, he had sold that big, big, important desk, put in a, uh, you know, a TV and some couches, a couch and so whatever, and moved uh, over to the corner of that big attic room to this little writing desk. So, like, that's where he would write and do a lot of good work. And then he would spend time with his family where that big big important like I make money now desk is and he's like yeah it's best best thing I ever did was get rid of that big big stupid fuck desk the insinuation was you could fit a lot of cocaine on that desk <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. There's, there's, I've read interviews with other writers and stuff that would party with him in the 80s and 90s like yeah that guy was fucking nuts yeah, I mean he yeah. still is yeah speaking of fucking nuts um two things to that point let's I'll, I'll skip over uh, one and, and talk to you. Have, you have you read the Mr. Mercedes trilogy have you read that Starts out with the the Mister Mercedes, and goes to like Finders Keepers and something. Else. I forget what the third one was. I've read um, the fir- first part of the first book. Yeah, well, they uh, have a series. It's, you know, they did Mister Mercedes into a, a three three season series, and each season is for one of the books, and it's really good. Um, they did this really cool thing, and this isn't a big big reveal, you know. In in the in the first in the first book, they track down the the guy who uses a Mercedes to kill a bunch of people. He's just kind of this roaming psychopath. 
they track him down and they end up stopping him from doing you know some bad thing because and it's not a big reveal because there's three other books or two other books right so he's he's in those but um they uh, basically render him unconscious they put him in a coma and the second book is about you know it's all Stephen King right he he somehow can get out of his coma but in the show they do this really really interesting thing where he's in his coma but he's in the basement of his house so like outside he's a, a he's a, a guy laying in a bed but in his head he's in his like he's in his little basement layer and like when people shine lights into his eyes like lights come into the windows yeah so he blocks them off like it's a really really cool like uh representation of being in a coma and like working inside your head but not being able to talk to anybody outside your head this it's pretty cool i think you'd like i've it. heard it's good yeah it's really good it's on the fucking at&t network whatever the hell that was I don't know. I I I, uh, I run into it from the library, but that's super good. That's what I got really drunk watching last night. So I recommend that. But also the other thing about Crazy is uh, the Joker starting to look really good. I'm I, starting to actually really want to see this. Yeah, I mean it's full. I, I like I said, I just don't give a shit. Like I, I like I've seen the Joker's origin story so many times. I'm sure it'll be interesting and fun. But like if you know, unless unless the reviews just tell me it's just the tits, like I'm probably I, I just I'm. I'll see it, but I'm not super pumped about it. I'm not super pumped about, like you said, another jo- you know, Joker origin story. Um, I'm also not super pumped about how right after this movie's released, we're going to have to compare every Joker since yeah. Batman, like yeah. uh, Bam and Bath Times. Yeah. Um, I don't like that. The I correct answer the Jokers- is uh, Cesar Romero with his painted on mustache. God, that was so funny. Yes. Yes, sir. It's so <laughs> funny. Like yeah. when when you watched it as a kid, and and those were still kind of like popping around on Nick at night when we were little. And what what Shannon are talking about was is that is that the Adventures of Batman? No, it's just Batman. Batman. That's just Batman. Batman. Uh, Batman. With, um, with, Burt uh, Ward oh, is uh, Robin. Uh, Eartha Kid is the Catwoman. Um, Who's Batman? I'm drawing a uh, Adam West. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I know. I, I'm sorry. I have. I'll, I'm going to cut a, a corner off my nerd card when we get off this podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, back in those, like you watched those were on Nick at Night when we were you know younger, and we'd be watching them, and you just thought like, okay, well, I guess they just didn't want to do anything about his mustache, and they're just gonna put white paint all over it, and uh, then you find out that like Cesar Romero just refused to shave his mustache because yeah, he just, loved his mustache. Yeah, he's like, no, y'all can suck it, paint over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. Y'all, y'all can eat my ass. So we went from that to uh, you know. Uh, just uh, the Justice League uh, CGI upper lip that was just weird. Yeah, there's a history of mustaches in the DC universe. They've got it. They've got a history problem, man. Yeah. I'm super and you know, super bummed. Spider Man's not in the MCU anymore. That's stupid. At least for now. That is. It's just the height of corporate woo fuckery. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, it's real stupid. It's so dumb. Rachel I mean, he's still going to be Spider-Man. Like, you're still going to have Tom right. Holland Spider-Man. It's just he's not going to be in the MCU. So, I mean, I'm, I guarantee the, their next one, they're going to f- give him some Venom action. Well, that yeah, that, I was going to say that's the plan, is now that, that, that um, Spider-Man is no longer going to be in the MCU, he's going to be solely in the Venom universe, yeah. quote-unquote, and they'll, they'll do that, which is fine. I mean... Maybe this is how we get the the Venom web shooters or whatever. Yeah. We've talked about plot hole spackle enough. We know it'll work out. But uh I mean it, I mean Joker looks good. Um 
Anything I can get Rachel to go see that's a, a comic book movie I'm fine with. Good stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's... I guess... I don't know, man. I don't want... I'm really worried that I'm, it's going to be like a two-hour movie of him getting bullied and picked on and being a bitch. Like, I don't... You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to watch... Yeah. Watch it. You know, and then like an hour, And then the last ten minutes is him just being crazy. Although, I do hope they recreate that scene from The Dark Knight where he's on the talk show and cuts the guy's throat with the cup. That's pretty that sweet. Fun. Looks like they're going to go that direction, hopefully. Yeah, it looks like, uh, at least from the previews, that he is going to descend into madness and then realize that there are a lot of people ready to be there with him and he will start a, you know, kind of a movement, a revolution, or whatever you want to call it, and uh, do his thing. Um, one of the comments I've seen a lot, and people aren't aren't necessarily clever in saying this, but a lot of them are like, all right, so uh, I guess this is the sign of the times, you know, back in the back in the 80s and 90s, if you wanted to create the Joker, you got to throw him in a vat of acid. Now, if you want to create the Joker, you just throw him out in our society. Oh. Uh, uh, look at you, look at you, yeah. uh, self-reflective piece of yeah. shit. The- I've seen that comment so many places. At least give credit for the first place you saw, because, yeah. Yeah, okay. no, it's, that's stupid. I mean, the thing is, is uh, Joaquin Phoenix is a great actor, and I think he'll do really mm-hmm. good. I just, I worry it's going to be... We forget he punked the world for like a year and a half. That was, it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, he had fun with that. No, um, no, I, it, you know, I just, I want it to be good. Um, it's lame to have. It really makes me mad that I'll probably get a sweet performance and an awesome Joker in a movie that doesn't have a Batman Joker dynamic. You know what I mean? Like, well, they, no, they're they're already talking that he uh, that they're they're in the works to make uh, a the Joaquin Phoenix's Joker crossover with Robert Patterson Patterson's Batman Patterson? in the Batman. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Am I saying his name? Yeah, right? Patterson, whatever. I, need, I still need to... Do we care? Yeah. I don't think we care. Yeah. No, the, the, the uh, Twilight guy. Yeah, the Sparkly Vampire guy. Well, the Edward. Um, yeah, um, they're already talking about that. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, I'm game. I'll see it, you know? I mean, I watched I watched one Meg movie. I'm going to watch the sequel. Like, yeah. come on, guys. Oh, yeah. This isn't fucking rocket yeah. science. They, uh... I went to go see Mortal Fucking Engines, for Christ's sake. I mean... That's on you, though. Yeah, that was kind of my yeah, fault. I almost watched that at, gy- at the gym the other day, and I was like, nah, nah that shit. Nah, I don't need to see that again. I don't need to see that bullshit again. That was, that was dumb. Uh, Alright, you say wrap this up? Sure. Alrighty. As always, uh, we hope you have in, uh, had a fun time doing this. But don't care I'm if you actually not, uh, Well, if you didn't enjoy it, why don't you send us uh, yeah. an email at the woodscast seventeen seventy. I'm sorry, woodscast seventeen seventy six at gmail dot com. Uh, we're at Twitter on the Facebooks at woodscast uh, at woodscast seventeen seventy six because fuck Alex Jones and all his shtick. Um, I'm feeling better, a little little bit drunk, not hungover anymore. That's how you fix that. Shay is blowing uh, pot smoke into his camera yep. the whole time. Yep. And uh, seriously, hit us up. Let us know what you think. We enjoy doing this. Uh, I get to talk to my little brother every now and then. Uh, we can talk some shit. And um, apparently people listen, so. That's dumb, but okay. Eh, yeah. I don't even listen to this no, podcast. No, I've literally never listened to it. Yeah. Not once. Uh, all right. Well, that's okay. Shay, uh, say goodbye to the nice people. Doodles, nice people. And as always, Hail Hydra. Yes, Hail Hydra.